Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so each day. But it gets us into God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because... Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it's critical that we stay in God's Word on a consistent basis, daily if possible. This short study does not take very much time out of our busy schedule every day. We can listen to it on the way to work in the morning, and the way home from work in the evening, or during a break at lunch, or maybe during a break from chores around the house. You, we can fit this time in, and that is important for our faith and our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life who need to grow in their faith, undoubtedly, probably some within your own family. Help them by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about seven attacks that the devil uses against our faithfulness, trying to pull us into sin, trying to pull us away from faithfulness and dedication to God on a consistent basis. Well, our faith is important. That's where we begin. It is our personal belief in God and Christ. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, uh, verse 6 rather. If we want to come to God, we must believe in him, the verse says. Faith in Christ is absolutely essential if we want to be saved through our Savior. Jesus said, if you do not believe in your, do not believe in me, you shall die in your sins. And that's John chapter 8 and verse 24. Well, our faith is essential. Our faith develops, as we've already noted in the introduction today, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. The Word of God is the faith upon which our faith is based, from which our faith develops and grows. And then, as that faith, our personal belief in God and in Christ, for it to become effective, I've got to become faithful. That's faithfulness. I've got to put my faith into action through obedience and dedication and commitment and service on a, on a consistent basis. Well, the devil is out to bring us down. The apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, that <clears throat> the devil is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now, that means destroy and so he wants to destroy us spiritually. He wants to lead us into eternal condemnation in hell, literally. And hell is a real place. And that eternal condemnation is a real consequence of sin. Or we could put it in another way, because of what we're studying in this particular line of thought and study, it is a real place that is the result of our unfaithfulness. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Well, what about how does the devil attack our faithfulness? How does he try to bring us into unfaithfulness? We've talked about two avenues that he uses. 
One is one that everybody can relate to for sure, and that's temptation. He tempts us with all kinds of sinful practices and activities. A second one is worldliness. Boy, our world, our culture is so caught up in worldly living, in, in lifestyles that are ungodly, that are of this world, that are sinful, that it's almost astounding, but it's what we see all around us. We become numb to it to a large degree because we see it all the time. The devil has got the world to a great extent in his grip. Worldliness, his, his attempt to make worldliness look good to us, look alluring, look, look joyful, look even righteous. Look at what fun they're having doing that that sinful practice, that sinful lifestyle, whatever it is. So worldliness is a second avenue of attack. A third avenue of attack that he uses is a moral lapse. Well, morality is crucial to faithfulness to God. Faithful, it is crucial to faithful to our Christianity. In Psalm 32, beginning with verse 1, we read this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. In other words, a man who is living faithfully and consistently before God. He goes on, the psalmist, and he says in verse 3, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality turned into the drought of summer. Well, he says to begin the psalm, oh, blessed is the man who is forgiven. And then he goes on and he talks about his own experience. He said, you know, when I, had, when I was in sin and I just tried to keep it to myself, when I tried to cover it up or hide it or not acknowledge it, not seek your forgiveness, oh, it worked on me. It worked on me. My bones grew old through my groaning all day long. My my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. But then in verse 5, he talks about when he learned his lesson. I acknowledged my sin to you. I acknowledged my sin to you. My iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Are you carrying around some sin in your life that you're trying to, well, just deny is there, just not pay attention to, trying to hide it from people around you and maybe even from yourself, your own conscience? It's like an anvil walking, carrying around on, on your shoulders, isn't it? Trying to cover it up, hoping nobody knows. God can forgive And when you properly seek God's forgiveness, then that anvil is removed. Think about David, king of Israel, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and also chapter 12. When he one night walked out on the balcony overlooking a house afar, and there on the rooftop was a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, bathing. Now, his walking out on that rooftop was not sinful. His gazing out across the landscape, that was not sinful. Even when his eyes 
noticed this woman bathing on a rooftop across the way. That was not sinful in itself. But he lingered. He kept looking. And lust developed within him. And then he sent for her and committed adultery with her. You see, the sin began from his lingering with that look, letting himself develop the thought that became lust, and then following through with the action that became adultery. Hmm. And all of the terrible consequences, not just for David and not just for Bathsheba, but for her husband, who was a soldier in David's army and was on the battlefield at that very moment. And David had him killed to try to cover up his own sin. But the child that was born died. But David's action actually had consequences on great many people farther down the road. Farther down the road. A moral lapse led to many grievous consequences in David's life and in the lives of many other people. We need to be careful about moral lapses. We need to take care that when we do stumble, and maybe we, we do find ourselves in a moral lapse for a moment in time, that we need to repent of that and take it to God and seek forgiveness and find the relief that the psalmist talked about in Psalm 32. Well, what's another avenue of attack? Doubt. Doubt. The devil is skillful at planting doubts in our minds about our faith. Do you really need to do that? You don't really think you need to go to church all the time, do you? You know, all those services, one after another like that, you think you really need to, to be there on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and maybe other times the church is meeting for Bible studies or fellowships? You really think you need to do all that? You really think you need to study your Bible every day or even every week? Do you really think you need to be involved in, in activities and works that the church is pursuing to serve God? Do you really think you need to do that? You really think you need to believe that it's, it's sinful to get drunk or maybe to have an affair with another woman or man? Do you really think that's, that's sinful? We see the, de the devil plants doubts in our mind. In James chapter 1, beginning with verse 7, James talks about the danger of doubt, letting doubt linger in our thinking. Beginning with verse 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. How many times do people doubt God? How many times do people doubt some of the teachings of God's word. Doubt. Can I really stay faithful? Can I really live that Christian life? You see, the devil plants doubts in our mind. And we need to be careful about those doubts. Doubting can weaken faith and lead to unfaithfulness. Let's look at Romans chapter 14, something the apostle Paul says there. 
Romans chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. And he wrote this, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Are you toying with some particular decision? Should I do this? Is that going to violate my faith? Is that going to violate God's teachings? Should I do? Should I get involved? But you know, old Joe over there, he's he's doing it. He seems to be having a lot of fun. But yeah, I just don't know. Should I go to that kind of a party? Should I be in that kind of an atmosphere? Should I take part in that kind of an activity? Is is boy the temptations there, isn't it? Can you do it in faith? If you're doubting, don't take part in it. Because again, what does Paul say? He who doubts is condemned. So if you're not sure about it, don't do it. The devil plants doubts in your mind. Can I really live that faithful life? Yes, you can with God's help. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Don't doubt God's love for you, his care about you, and his willingness to help and strengthen you in the face that all the devil will throw at you through all kinds of avenues of attack. We'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, please strengthen us against all of the ways of the devil, all of his attacks. Help us to always be on guard with our eyes open and recognize their danger of them and abstain from them. Father, please, we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.